You're listening to The Main Course, where food is serious business. Listen along for insights, strategies, forecasts, and thought leadership from the front lines of food with your host, Barbara Castiglia. Welcome to The Main Course. Our guest today is the co-founder and CEO of Bento Box, Crystal Mobayani. Crystal, welcome. You know, today we're going to be talking a lot about mobile first and websites and marketing and data, uh, one of my favorite topics. And first, tell us a little bit about what Bento Box does and who you work with. Yeah, um, absolutely. First, thank you so much, Barbara, for having me on the podcast. I'm, I'm really excited. Um, and yeah, to add a really high level, Bentobox, we're helping restaurants grow their business online. And it's really in response to the fact that as technology has become more important in the dining out experience, um, definitely over the past decade, but very much so over the past year, um, restaurants were having to use these different third parties um, and marketplaces for the technology. Um, and that was taking away the relationship they had with their guests. It was they were losing control online because they were being represented by by the marketplaces and ultimately um, impacting their their revenue um, in a business in an industry where the margins are so slim anyway. And um, uh, restaurants were, have been trying were trying to solve this um, through their website because it was the only place online that they had total control. And um, and so uh, the horizontal platforms, and what I mean by that is like, you know, the Squarespaces and WordPresses of the world um, really fell short of giving restaurants exactly what they needed online. Um, the, you know, tools that are very specific to uh, what restaurants want to communicate, whether it's about events or um, menus and uh, or just updating images or or promotions. Um, uh, and so it was really uh, a no brainer for us to build a platform that addressed this uh, directly for restaurants. Um, and then within that, um, give them the tools to be able to take control, be able to make updates easily on their website. Um, and then uh, actually be able to treat it as a digital storefront rather than just a brochure. And what I mean by that is putting in payment solutions for them to drive revenue through tools that are um, specific to off-premise revenue, like uh, selling gift cards or uh, online ordering or events management or catering or tickets for like a New Year's Eve event. Um, and then to support that tool so that they can actually drive customers and demand to uh, their website through email marketing campaigns and search engine optimization, for example. Can you talk a little bit about some of your clients um, and and what you've done for them? Uh, yeah, so we've uh, you know one um, restaurant group that's really well known, Union Square Hospitality Group, which works with Gramercy Tavern, uh, Blue Smoke. Um, we power both their their websites and as well as um, uh, online ordering recently, um, and um, yeah, they've just seen. Um, tremendous growth from that they've been able to um been able to uh tighten up their expenses when it comes to marketing because our solution because we focus just on restaurants is really cost effective for the restaurant industry um so that's one um you know i i another one is um 
you know, NoHo Hospitality Group, uh, again, another one in New York that has Lafayette and, um, and uh, uh, La Conda Verde. Um, we've also, you know, powered their website. Um, most recently with the pandemic, um, if you do outdoor dining there, um, there is uh, given them tools to be able to download a QR code um, from the back end of their website, um, which then they put printouts on the table. And then um, when a, a guest you know, snaps a photo of that, they're able to access the menu on, you know, their digital, their mobile device. Um, and the great thing about it is, is it's uh, really beautifully laid out in their brand and their fonts and their colors. Um, and so helping them kind of navigate this, this, this change that's happened recently. And you also have a partnership with U.S. Foods. Can you kind of explain what that is and how that works? Yeah. Um, so uh, for those who don't know, U.S. Foods is the second largest food distributor outside of Cisco. It's a national company. Um, and yeah, and we have uh, we're really aligned in terms of our values and our, our mission, just helping restaurants um, uh, grow and supporting their business models. Um, and so U.S. Foods has this really great program um, called the Check Business Tools, where when you're um, a U.S. Foods customer, they give you access at a discount to a variety of vetted um, technology services um, that you, you can use to, to run your business um, um, exclusively, you know, uh, by being a U.S. Foods customer. And so um, we get about 30 percent of our customers from this uh, partnership, and it really helps us um, with their uh, you know, feet on the street team reach these secondary and tertiary markets um, that we, you know, don't have um, as much presence in um, and really helping to um, grow our customer base in like the independent, more mom and pop kind of restaurant, um, restaurant segment. So how important is a restaurant's website um, and kind of what are the basic functionalities that a restaurant website needs? Well, I would say that um, I look at the website as uh, the restaurant's digital property. And so when you're um, in a world or even before, um, but particularly now, if you're in a world where your brick and mortar property is shut down or off um, or operating at uh, reduced capacity, your digital property is um, kind of your one uh, lifeline to your diner base um, and and possibly for revenue. And so it's the way that you communicate, it's the way that you tell them you're open or you're not or what's going on at the restaurant. Um, and if you're, you know, offering other uh, ways for the restaurant, for the diner to engage with you, whether, you know, it's through online pasta making classes or if you're selling like hot sauces or if you're just doing traditional online ordering um it's uh it, it can make a huge impact on on the restaurant's bottom line so um i would say it is it is critical um and having your uh, restaurant having their own website on their own domain that comes up in search before you know marketplaces or other third parties um is is really important to be able to capture that direct um, diner traffic and so that they're not uh, diverted to, you know, a review site where, 
you know, the representation may not be accurate or to um, a marketplace where there's a cut of the revenue being taken um, uh, from the restaurant. So, so it's really critical. And I would say um, some key uh, parts um, uh, or key things for restaurants to keep in mind um, when it comes to their website, um, the menus are always number one, um, front and center, easy to get to, not more than a click away, optimized for mobile, not a PDF, um, and just laid out in a way that it makes it very easy for search engines like Google to be able to process the text, be able to help the restaurant rank for it. So um, the menus are extremely important. Um, being able, obviously, to be mobile optimized um, or you know, responsive so that if it's accessed on any device, or a, a tablet uh, or a desktop that um, guests have access to the same information no matter what device they're on. Um, I think it's also really important to make sure that there's always an email capture um, uh, so that you're able, you being the restaurant owner, are able to continue to um, build a relationship with your guest. I mean, that's like the foundation of hospitality, um, having a, a relationship with your um, diners and in a world where you may not be able to serve them face-to-face, -face, um, email is, is, is a great option and, and it really works um, to be able to keep them abreast of happenings at the restaurant, hours, um, anything that's going on. And then lastly, I would say that, um, again, thinking of the website as the digital property, as not just a brochure, as really a storefront online and that it's a place that I can actually contribute a meaningful portion of revenue and um, thinking about ways that it makes sense for your business as a restaurant owner to be able to do that. If a restaurateur didn't kind of have a mobile first approach before now, what can they do to kind of catch up? Well, you know, I, I would say that the most important thing is just, just, uh, get get the website redone you know i mean that's the that's the best way to approach it um because you need to have the website built holistically for all devices not just having a mobile version versus a desktop version that actually um google dings you for that um having different versions of the same website and so it's really critical that it is the same website, the same URL that adjusts based on the device that you're using. Um, and so um, got to take the leap and, and, and redo it. And um, I think the great thing about Bento Box is, you know, we've worked with over 6,000 restaurants. There, there is no, you know, problem we haven't solved. There's no um, requests that we haven't heard. Um, and we've worked with every type of restaurant. And so we know, you know, all the best practices and all the moves and um, can help restaurants get uh, up and running very quickly um, at, a, at a cost that makes sense and in a way that is not, um, you know, a hassle uh, for the restaurant themselves so they can get back to doing what they do best, which is um, running the restaurant and, and serving great food. So, how has the pandemic affected the information that is necessary on a, on a company site? And, um, you know, what are you advising your clients, um, you know, to post in terms of either 
um, health and safety, um, you know, to kind of um, make guests feel self and uh, feel safe and welcome. Yeah, I mean, there, there's first of all, there's the there's the basics, which is um, before getting to the health and safety, you know, a lot of restaurants have adjusted their hours, they've adjusted their capacity, they've adjusted whether reservations are required or they're not. Um, and so making sure that the most up-to-date information um, is available um, so that somebody knows um, when and, and how and what to expect when, when they visit the restaurant is, is critical. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, easy ways to do that with BentoBox and the websites that we provide. And then we do have integrations with Google and Facebook that take the restaurant's hours, for example, and push them to those different websites um, so that you don't have to update it in a bunch of places. So that's the first thing. And then the second is, um, you know, it's really important yeah, to make sure that uh, guests feel safe. Um, and so we've advised for our uh, customers to add just even a new page to the website, put it in the top navigation, and it's just, you know, um, COVID safety. And on that page, just list out everything that they're doing. There's hand sanitizer on the table. Um, uh, staff wears uh, PPE at all times. Uh, temperatures are taken. Um, we're operating at X percent capacity. Um, we uh, have, uh, instead of handing out reusable menus, we um, encourage you to uh, access it on your own personal device. Um, and so uh, those are um, kind of the, the high level, but having a page dedicated to it so you can, so that the guest also knows that you're taking this very seriously and you have um, your own staff and the diner's um, best interests in mind. So how has Bento Box kind of pivoted during COVID? Um, yeah, there are many, many things, um, a few that I've touched on, but um, to, to kind of summarize it, we've, you know, we've, oh, we've, in some ways we were really built for this moment because we did, um, you know, provide these, uh, you know, digital properties for restaurants that are really easy to use and um and have all the information a guest might need uh so so we've we've seen a lot of growth and a lot of interest in our product um we started out by offering just websites and and everything all of our ancillary products you had to buy with a website um but when the pandemic hit we um pivoted really quickly to spin out um our online ordering solution to be uh, be able to be purchased without a website um, because we wanted to make sure we were able to offer it to as many restaurants as possible um, and not just those that were our customers or that were ready for oh, redoing their website. So in a matter of five days, we were able to, our engineering team was able to spin that out, which is really record time um, back in March um, and something I was really proud of to get um in front of restaurant owners in the in the speed that we did um and the second is i would say again the the qr codes um that lead to different parts of the website along with the print collateral um that we help the restaurant um uh, put together and get printed and so they don't need to go out and figure out those things on your own uh, their own we went through 
the steps, we figured it out. We have templates for different like table toppers with QR code um, that we help the restaurant get printed. Um, and then, uh, but if they want to do it on their own, they can download the QR code and, and uh, you know, set up their own thing as well. Um, and then lastly, we also um, adjusted our product, um, our online ordering product to, um, to address uh, table side ordering and a dine-in use case as well. Um, because uh, again, like to limit the interaction for everyone's safety. So someone that goes to a restaurant can just order right from their seat. Um, and with reduced capacity, um, there obviously may need to be reduced staff to you know, have to uh, cut the cost to, to make the, the new model work. And so with um, you know, dine-in ordering, able to um, you know, operate a more lean operation, but still allow the guests to be able to order whenever they want um, and allow the staff that is working to focus less on admin and order taking and more just on like delivering great hospitality and, and, and making good food. And so that pivot to dine-in has been really exciting and, um, and really fun to see the restaurants that have adopted it. You mentioned a, a few times um, about using the website um, to increase revenue, um, you know, and I think this is really important, you know, for a lot of restaurants who are looking for new ways to increase sales and new ways of doing business, either, you know, as an e-commerce thing or, um, you know, different kind of virtual events, I guess, at this point, um, or gift cards and selling. So if you can kind of, I guess, crystallize them in a way, um, how you, what are these things that are kind of actionable items that they can use their websites for um, to increase their revenue at this point? Yeah, I mean, there's so many, uh, honestly, there's so many interesting things that um, we've been seeing. And um, it really depends a lot on the restaurant itself. Um, and so just some examples, um, yeah, gift cards have been huge. And also, you know, the buying a gift card, at, you know, getting a $50 gift card, um, or spending $50 on a gift card and, and getting a getting a $60 gift card and just little things that um, get people excited um, to to visit the restaurant. Um, so gift cards have been huge. We've um, also the ticketing that I mentioned, thinking about if you're a wine bar, can you do some sort of like wine class and give that type of um, experience that would happen in the restaurant um, online? And can you um, use online ordering alongside that to deliver those bottles of wine to the restaurant, I mean, to the diner. Um, same thing I mentioned with like pasta classes and, and, and things like that. Um, a lot of restaurants have been creating their own merchandise. Um, and I think what's great about right now is that a lot of uh, patrons really want to support local and they want to make sure that these small businesses are, are here to make it. And so if you're able through uh, social media or through um, email to um, share with your um, following that you're offering these alternative ways to engage with uh, one of, some of your favorite restaurants, um, people get excited about that and they wanna support and they wanna help. Um, we've also seen um, increased usage of, you know, in the, 
our catering functionality, not necessarily for catering because uh, for events or office parties, but more for like meal kits and um, and a do it a do it yourself um, or uh, like family style meals um, that can be ordered ahead of time. Um, and that's been really exci- exciting as well to see a restaurants adopt that. Um, and then lastly, with um, you know uh, events management, even though events aren't happening now, there are alternative ways to do virtual events. Um, you know, a lot of companies are are looking for ways uh, to engage their employees more and so you know maybe they'll have like a breakfast together and the restaurant can provide uh, ship out their granola to you know all of the employees and so there are interesting ways to modify um you know thinking around events especially like around the holidays and use our tools to to help do that so when when you look up restaurants online what are the things that irritate you about the sites? Obviously, not the ones designed by Bento Box, but uh, you know, ones by other people. What What are those things that kind of irk you? Yeah, I mean, I still, um, you know, find um, PDF menus to just be just so unnecessary. And so, when I see that, especially when you click the menu and the website itself gets replaced by the PDF and and there's no way to get back to the website without clicking the back button. Um, I think it's just, uh, it's, it's not the cleanest experience and you're, um, and it's, you've got to pinch and look at the, try to read the words and they're so small and you're, you're making your guest work really hard instead of making things effortless for them. Um, So that's one thing. Um, And I think, and the other thing would be um, if there isn't the care put into photography. Um, photography plays such an important role in how food is displayed or how, you know, interior or an exterior now that you are doing, for example, outdoor dining, what that looks like. And to invest in good photography, I think, is 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 really important um, and one of the most important things about uh uh, what's on a website, um, really giving the diner, um, you know, a glimpse as to what the offering is, but very high quality as well. Um, so I would say those are the two things that pop out. So one of the great things that you guys do is that you get access to this really amazing data. Um, so, um, how is that helpful to your restaurant clients? Um, and what kind of trends are you seeing? Um, you know, I know 2020 has been kind of the year where kind of, uh, you know, trends are totally out the window. But, you know, are, are you seeing any things um, that are coming out of the pandemic that you think are going to have a long term effect? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I one of the most interesting things that I've seen is um, is there's such a focus on delivery. When we look at, and, and we have an integration with uh, DoorDash that allows restaurants to utilize them if they don't want to use their own, um, hire people in-house to just do the last mile to do the delivery portion. And so they still get like um, 100% of the revenue. There's a delivery fee that the guest pays and they can use DoorDash to um, do the last bit of the logistics of the delivery. Um even still offering that and offering in-house delivery as well, 
we've, I mean, the usage of pickup is like, I would say 20 times higher than delivery. And I found that really interesting. And I, I think maybe it speaks to the fact that, um, that people just want to like get outside and they want to interact with the restaurant even, um, and they want to really stay local, even, um, even though, you know, the, the pandemic is happening. And um, so I find that to be really interesting. And, and I think restaurants think that they may, they have to offer delivery, but the volumes that we're seeing with pickup are just so high. And it just really points to that being a, a huge opportunity and, and not, not necessarily needing to um, invest in delivery to have a successful online ordering um, you know, program that, that you're that you're running out of the restaurant. So I found that to be really interesting. And can you tell what other factors are driving that? Um, is it also, um, you know, something about wanting to support local, um, maybe not go through a third party delivery service and go direct to the restaurant? Um, are, are you hearing those sort of things as well? Um, uh, yes, but less, less related to this because, um, you know, frankly, if a restaurant's using DoorDash for the last mile, there's the the diner's still ordering direct, and it's you know the DoorDash part comes in at the at the last moment. And so, I would say for this particular trend, I don't know if that's necessarily the thing, but that is uh, a trend that we're seeing in general that um, diners do want to support their local restaurant, and if they know that there is an offering. Um, they like whether it's for classes or for online ordering or for merchandise they will they will absolutely engage and want to engage which is exciting to see um so we've seen a big reliance on technology um just to survive this year um do you think that is a trend will continue um and that restaurants will become a lot more tech-centric um, yeah, I do. I do. Well, I think that the, um, the adoption of technology has just been accelerated by the pandemic. And, um, so I think it's absolutely, it, it's, it started out of necessity, but I think that once restaurants adopt the practices, start putting the operations in place um, needed to, you know, support whatever they're using technology for. Um, I don't think there's a restaurant in America that's going to abandon that if they see the positive impacts that it's it's having on their business once they open back up. Um, so, like, why would you cut out that if, if the technology is truly either making things easier or bringing in a new line of revenue um there's really no need to to cut that out and um but i do think that there is um probably some sort of risk of like overcomplication and technology fatigue um for example and you know restaurants uh, restaurant owners didn't go into this business to be managing like 10 different technology platforms. So I think it's really crucial for restaurants to understand where the return on investment in the technology that they're adopting is. 
um, and really um, be discerning as to what they're using and how they're using it. And if um, if the technology is not making a positive impact and if it's just technology for technology's sake, um, it's 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 much better to just put that off to the side. Um, so I think that while there is increased adoption, I would encourage uh, restaurant owners to, um, you know, adopt things that really do work for their business. Yeah, you have spoken a lot about, um, I guess, that intersection of hospitality and technology and kind of for the need to have a hospitality first mindset. Um, so how do you how do you put that out there when you're designing a web presence that is still, you know, hospitality forward? So, yeah, I, I what I, in in terms of um, how you can set up your web presence to deliver, you know, um, on the hospitality experience restaurants looking to deliver, um, it really goes back to um, what um, diners are looking for and anticipating their needs. And that's another thing with the data that we have access to with running, you know, thousands and thousands of restaurant websites, we know why a restaurant um, or diners come to a restaurant website and what are the top like three to five things that they're looking for, whether it's um, the hours, the menu, the address or a call to action like a, to order or to uh, make a reservation, depending on the type of restaurant. And so knowing that those things, that's, you know, what diners are looking for and going back to this idea of like delivering on hospitality and anticipating needs, how can you make that either one click or less than one click away for the diner and give them exactly what they want? If they want, if they're looking for the menus, don't make them hunt for the menus. <laughs> make sure if they're, you know, presented on, um, you know, in a way that works on a mobile device, isn't like a big file to download. Um, we have data that uh, at this point, more than 60% of visitors to a restaurant website are, are on a mobile device. So um, using that, those bits of information to be able to deliver a better experience for the diner um, can, can go a long way and can set the tone for the experience that, that, that the restaurant wants to provide, whether um, it's through ordering or through dining in at the restaurant. So I guess flipping to your entrepreneurial side. Um, so what are some kind of lessons that you've learned along this journey of starting a whole venture? Um, and what kind of advice would you give to someone who's just starting out? Hmm. That's, a, that's a really great question. Um, I would say um, one of the biggest lessons learned from my end is I um, uh, is to not um, try to uh, put too much effort into changing your weaknesses in order to fulfill all the roles that you need to fill as an entrepreneur and make sure to play up your strengths and play into your strengths. And some mistakes that I made along the way is um, really thinking that I needed to do everything and I needed to be good at every part of the business. And, you know, there are just some things that I excel at and some things that I don't. And, um, and the things that I don't excel at when I was uh, trying to just, you know, 
um, force that it's at times it felt, um, you know, not authentic. Um, And then it also, frankly, put me in a place where I just didn't love what I was doing, because I wasn't doing the things that, you know, were were second nature to me. And so um, one important lesson that I've learned is to um, really hone in and uh, focus on the things that um, that are my strengths. Um, And so in my case, you know, it's a lot of like, product design, um, web design and, and customer service. And then when there's things that are um, that don't come as naturally to me to make sure that um, I get help and it's OK to ask for help. And it doesn't mean that, you know, you're incapable of doing the job. It's actually smarter to, to ask for help in the areas where you need it, because if you're going to try to do everything and be everything, um, it's, it's a recipe for failure. You know, let the experts be the experts in, in what they are in and, yeah. and you know, uh, and kind of rely on them for their expertise. Yeah, exactly. So last question. Um, what excites you or makes you feel passionate about the future of the restaurant industry? Um, well, I, I've just I've just been really um, uh, touched by the way that the industry has has come together during this time um and i i think that there has been a real um camaraderie that's been built built throughout the industry and i think that it's always been this way but i think that it's um i feel like through the pandemic we've really gone there's been a resurgence on um you know the the community that restaurants create, um, and especially locally. And so I'm excited about that. I'm excited about this focus on local, you know, people haven't been able to travel and they've really, um, you know, explored their neighborhoods, gotten to know the restaurants and, and engaged with the restaurants differently than they probably had before. Um, and it's probably not a new restaurant every night, um, the way it has been. Um, and so uh, this return to focus on community um, of the restaurant industry is something that I am really excited about. And then I'm excited about how um, technology can fulfill that in a way that feels authentic and aligned with restaurants' business models. Thank you so much. Great. Great.